Welcome to Conference Reruns. This is episode two, and I am ready to discuss one of the greatest talks ever given in General Conference. Yep, I just said that. <laughs> okay, so well, for me, this is one of my all-time favorites, but it really might be the best talk ever. <laughs> okay, um, and, and honestly, it may be a talk that a lot of you have, have never heard before or one that maybe many of you have, have not revisited in a long time. It is a talk that um, I've almost never heard quoted in a sacrament meeting talk. I, I, I don't want to say never, but I can't remember it being quoted. Um, and I think it is just um, as close to perfect <laughs> um, of a talk as, as you can get. So when I was a teenager, few apostles had a greater impact on me than Elder Joseph B. Worthland. Every time he spoke, I wanted to be a better person. Um, and while I, I don't have a list, I don't know which talks I will cover in the future, but you can probably expect a heavy dose of Elder Worthland. <laughs> but today I'm going to talk about his talk from April 2005 titled, The Virtue of Kindness. Elder Worthen begins by telling a story from his time as a bishop. Uh, he says that he wanted to reach out to some of the less active members uh, in their congregation. Uh, so he went and visited them to see what they, as a bishopric, could do to help them come back to church. And I'll let Elder Worthen tell you the story. One day we visited a man in his 50s who was a respected mechanic. He told me the last time he had been to church was when he was a young boy. Something had happened that day. He had been acting up in class and was being noisier than he should when his teacher became angry, pulled him out of class, and told him not to come back. He never did. I'm sure that each one of us knows of or personally knows someone with a similar story. Uh, this person was offended by someone at church and have never returned. It's, it's unfortunate that they allow whatever happened to impact them so much that they preclude themselves from the blessings of the restored gospel. I, I do, though, worry that as members of the church, when we see people like this, people who have been offended and stopped going to church, we cast the blame on them. You know, after all, as Elder Bednar taught, isn't it their choice to be offended? While that is true. We ultimately have agency and can choose to be offended or not. That does not give us you know, a free pass to say or do whatever we want, to go around hurting others' feelings and making them feel like they don't matter. And then when they do get offended, we act like we did nothing wrong and they should just get over it and stop choosing to be offended. In this example, two things can be true at the same time. Each of us does have the power to choose to not let things others say and do impact us and, and prevent us from activity in the church. However, each of us also has the responsibility to treat others with kindness. If we have taken upon ourselves the name of Christ at baptism, then we've covenanted to treat others the way Christ would, and Christ always treated others with kindness. Uh, Elder Worthen says this, Kindness is the essence of greatness and the fundamental characteristic of the, the noblest men and women I have known.
Kindness is a passport that opens doors and fashions friends. It softens hearts and molds relationships that can last lifetimes. Kind words not only lift our spirits in the moment they are given, but they can linger with us over the years. I love this phrase, kindness is a passport. How true is that? How often has kindness opened doors that otherwise would have been closed? Uh, In President Nelson's biography, there's a story of him traveling to Eastern Europe uh, on an assignment to open various nations to the preaching of the gospel. Uh, On one occasion, he got the feeling, when when he was visiting this country, he got the feeling that he was being followed, and and he was. Uh, The government that he was visiting with had sent someone to follow them and see what kind of people they were. They observed how Elder Nelson treated others, how he acted in the face of temptation, and how he respected the local citizens of that nation. Because of his actions and his kindness, that country was opened to the preaching of the gospel, and countless lives have been blessed ever since. Kindness truly did act as a passport in this situation to open doors that were shut very tight. Uh, Elder Worthen shares the story of another man who showed him kindness decades earlier. One day when I was in college, a man seven years my senior congratulated me on my performance in a football game. He not only praised how well I had done in the game, but he had noticed that I had showed good sportsmanship. Even though this conversation happened more than 60 years ago, and even though it's highly unlikely the person who complimented me has any recollection of this conversation, I still remember the kind words spoken to me that day by Gordon B. Hinckley, who later became president of the church. I'm certain that each of us has had a similar experience with someone who showed kindness to us. They were being kind just because it was part of their nature, and they likely don't even remember their act of kindness. But to us, the recipients of that kindness, it made a lasting impact. And and kindness goes both ways. By showing kindness, we can help others feel loved, but we ultimately are the ones that feel better about ourselves. The, the Mental Health Foundation says that studies have found that acts of kindness are linked to increased feelings of well-being. Helping others can also improve our support networks and encourage us to be more active. This, in turn, can improve our self-esteem. There is some evidence to suggest that when we help others, it can promote changes in the brain that are linked to happiness. Um, okay, <laughs> so if I'm kind... Not only will others be happier, but I can be happier too. So why would we ever choose to be unkind? If kindness brings us happiness, wouldn't the opposite be true as well? Unkindness will make us feel sad and lonely. We have all been unkind to others, and we all know the feeling that it leaves us with. Kindness brings us together. It brings us closer to others in Christ. Unkindness distances us from people and from the spirit. Elder Worthlin talks briefly about unkindness as well. The things you say, the tone of your voice, the anger or calm of your words, these things are noticed by your children and by others. They see and learn both the kind as, as well as the unkind things we say or do. Nothing exposes our true selves more than how we treat one another in the home. I often wonder why some feel they must be critical of others, 
It gets in their blood, I suppose, and it becomes so natural they often don't even think about it. They seem to criticize everyone the way Sister Jones leads the music, the way Brother Smith teaches a lesson or plants his garden. Even when we think we're doing no harm by our critical remarks, consequences often follow. I'm reminded of a boy who handed a donation envelope to his bishop and told him it was for him. The bishop, using this as a teaching moment, explained to the boy that he should mark on the donation slip whether it was for tithing, fast offerings, or for something else. The boy insisted the money was for the bishop himself. When the bishop asked why, the boy replied, because my father says, you're one of the poorest bishops we've ever had. Kindness is not always easy. Like Elder Worthen says, I don't know why we say or do unkind things. Sometimes it really is just part of the natural man inside of us. We think that if we criticize the way someone else does things, then it will make us feel better about ourselves and how we do that same thing. We've probably all thought, oh, if I was so-and-so, I would never have done that. Of the many unkind things that we hear I think one of the things that we hear most often are you know, negative words about those who are struggling with their testimony or may not be attending church at the moment. You hear things some people say, and it's almost like they're actually saying, I am better than they are. I still go to church. Look at me. Uh, like as if going to church was the one requirement to get into heaven. The... The old adage rings truer than ever. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. We, we cannot and should not judge anyone because we don't know what they're going through. And who's to say that we would face life's challenges any better if we were in their place? All we do know is that whatever someone else is going through, unkindness will not help them. But kindness can have a life-changing impact on them and could be exactly what they need in that moment. The simplest things can often leave the biggest impression. A smile, a kind remark, a text message, a hug. These are the things that the world needs more of. We have plenty of meanness and rudeness. We should not be contributing to that vast cloud of ugliness that already covers so much of the earth. Uh, Elderworthen sums it up perfectly. When we're all filled with kindness, we're not judgmental. The Savior taught. Judge not, that ye not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. He also taught, with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. But you ask, what if people are rude? Love them. If they're obnoxious, love them. But what if they offend? Surely I must do something then. Love them. Wayward, the answer is the same. Be kind. Love them. Why? In the scriptures, Jude taught, and some have compassion making a difference. Who can tell what far-reaching impact we can have if we're only kind? So what is the answer? It's kindness. I can't think of a single circumstance we will ever face where kindness is not the best option. Sure, there will be moments of confrontation when we need to be bold and stand up for ourselves and our family or our friends, yet even in those intense moments, we can show kindness. 
Christ faced plenty of moments like that. He did not shrink. He did not back down. He faced every challenging situation with boldness, but also with kindness. He is our perfect example, and we can learn from how he treated others. I I think that is what President Nelson is trying to teach us when he asks us to be peacemakers. Kindness and peacemaking are linked with one another. So this holiday season, you know, and, and always, honestly, I hope that each of us can try to be a little bit kinder, a little less critical, and a little more uplifting. Elder Worthland sums it all up perfectly when he says, Who can tell what far-reaching impact we can have if we are only kind? Um, I'd also encourage each of you to read or listen to this entire talk. There is an incredible story about Elder Talmadge and the kindness that he showed to a family that he didn't even know. If you want to know what Christ-like kindness actually looks like, it is found in that story of Elder Talmadge. Okay, let's go. Let's go and be kind. Let's make the world a better place through our kindness. I hope you all have a great week. Thanks so much for joining.